Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 18 of the Centennial Podcast. And in this week's episode, you know what we're talking about. It's all about the draft that just happened. So we'll talk about uh, how the first round went. We'll talk about how uh, the Senators acquired Matt Murray, uh, how the rest of the draft went, um, our overall feeling of the draft. And then we'll get into uh, some of the, the players that are returning, um, have been traded to the Sens, uh, and who is not returning. So starting right off, we'll get into round one. And as everybody knows, we took Timmy Stutzla. Timmy and- Stutzla! Oh my god. And we took Jake Sanderson. Jake Sanderson. The University of United States of Ottawa. Um so yeah, um two two big picks at the top of the draft and two totally different players who fit totally different needs for this team. Uh and, and Stutzla is that guy who's who's just the dynamic forward, um, playmaker, scorer, everything, uh, electric player that the Senators are gonna love to have on this team for a long time. And Sanderson, on the other hand, is one of those guys who plays that good two-way game and is gonna be able to shut down opposing players while also providing a bit of offense. So um, totally different players fit different needs, and uh, we'll start there at the top of the draft. And I know other Matt is just dying to get in on this, so we'll let him jump in. Uh, good draft, guys. <laughs> no, I'm All right, thanks for tuning uh, in, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, no, uh, Tim Stutzla, electrifying elite potential. He's going to come onto this team, and uh, him and Brady Kachuk are going to make defense uh pairings hate them so much um i of course am saying him and brady kachuk because uh stutzla has the potential to be a 1c and i believe he will be a 1c for us um his his offensive ability his hockey iq his vision the way he moves the puck he's the fast like one of the fastest if not the fastest player in the draft uh i I can't say enough good things about uh, about stutzla and i love it uh Great pick. Uh, Jake Sanderson. I mean, the guy I really wanted was already off the board. Uh, Bennett made a really good case for uh, for Sanderson last episode about how about how like you build build elite defenses and that's how you you win games. And I mean, if we can have our own Seth Jones to uh, play with our own Thomas Shabbat, I mean, oh, baby what a what a pairing that could be um all in all uh, i really liked our first two picks sanderson's gap control his defensive ability and the way he was actually legitimately like heating up offensively you know people were uh, i think it was brad allen on uh welcome to your carl carlson years suggested that maybe he was actually just uh dishing the puck so much to actually like had his other players stats um and not actually getting any of his own so i i'm excited to see what he's able to do at und playing with uh bernard docker um and yeah good great first two picks for me yeah i uh i agree with everything that other matt has said uh since fans i want to put your minds at ease right now I want you to picture the scene. You're sitting on a beach, a cool breeze in your face. Somebody wanders over, hands hands you a drink, and they whisper in your Are ear. Are we Eugene Melnick? Like, <laughs> and they whisper in your in in your ear. The Sens have a one C, and his name is Tim Stutzla. 
And I've seen a lot of chatter on Twitter. <laughs> People have been saying, oh, but he's a left wing. Guys, Craig Button, the TSN like top prospect analyst, he says he's going to be a 1C. Stutzler has said he is a natural center, and he's happy to play either position because he plays left wing uh, for Mannheim in the DEL, but that's because he was a rookie. And he yeah. said he'll go wherever the organization needs him. Well, guys, let me tell you, the organization needs <laughs> him at center. I Dorian said they might start him on the wing and they might try and work him into the middle. I see. I have no doubt in my mind that the organization intends for him to be a 1C. And as we have said, we all know he has absolutely the ability to do that. So yep. no questions from there. I think the absolute number one thing that we all agreed the Sens needed from this draft was a legitimate, unequivocal, this is going to be our 1C for the future. We got that. Guaranteed. Now, Sanderson, I really like that pick. Uh, I think he provides everything that a blue line lacks at the moment. I, uh, you know, Shabbat already provides some of that elite offensive sense, the ability to quarterback a power play and stuff. Sanderson provides a lot of other things. He provides the ability to break up play. He has a great hockey IQ, the ability to anticipate and get in front of and intercept things before they become problems. And he has a lot more offensive upside than I think people were willing to give him credit for. And like like Matt said, you really saw him bringing that in the latter half of the season. I think uh, you know our left hand D, uh, our top our top pairing is going to be set for a long time, and I think that's huge to have an elite defenseman, a genuinely elite defenseman, on the ice for two-thirds of a game or more is going to be such a huge boon for a Senator's back line, and I really like that. Yeah, and uh, going on what both you guys said about uh, Stutzel playing at center, um, I, I also was like pretty like pushing it out there that he will play center because I think a lot of people don't realize the reason why he played wing in the DEL is because he was a rookie and his coach put him wing. Um, so he's a natural center until he got to the DEL. Yeah, he put up a lot of points, but he's a player, or like on the wing, but he's a player who's very dynamic, very skilled. He can play wherever you want him on forward. And uh, and I, I tweeted it out because I think Sean Simpson on, on from TSN 1200 uh, had tweeted something about um, not understanding why people kept saying he'd be put on, on wing. And I said, yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, I think the Suns will put him at wing, transition him to uh, center, and he'll stay there for the rest of his career. And uh, I got that good old quote retweet from Sean Simpson saying he agreed. So, you know, verified, guys. Here we go. I'm in the big leagues now. Wow. Huge. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> This will be Matt's last podcast with us. Uh, He's yeah, moving uh, on to Insider. So, <laughs> yeah, actually, I hear Bob McKenzie and the boys want me on the panel. So, uh... yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, and then Jake Sanderson, I, I think, um, when we were on the, uh, the little podcast, uh, last week, uh, I, I was saying how Sanderson is, is so good and I liked him more than Drysdale and that's not a knock on Drysdale. Drysdale is to me just like a, a Shabbat, but right-handed. Um, and that's not saying that Shabbat's bad. It's just saying that they're very similar players. And I just think that if you can get Sanderson who can log heavy minutes think about shabbat how many heavy minute games he logged last season and because of it we saw his points regress and that's not his fault but it's it's just because the centers had him playing as a, a defensive role and playing as an offensive role he wasn't able to completely play all the minutes that we would have wanted him to uh to kind of build up those numbers and really you know feed on other teams offensively sanderson will allow shabbat to do that 
because we'll be able to put Sanderson in. He'll be able to shut down other teams, you know, first, I don't know, whatever, first line, second line, if they have some big skilled players up there. You send Shabbat in afterwards to play 20 minutes, just mopping them, mopping up their lesser talent, you're going to get great points out of that and and you're going to get wins and so i just think it it makes sense all around for the sense to go that route and uh yeah i mean i think people who are are doubting sanderson are really going to be surprised when he comes up to ottawa in a year maybe two and uh and shows what he can do at the nhl level i think it's time to hop on that hype train with that first pick that we got he's going to be our boy he's going to be our 1c it's uh it's nice to finally get pumped and excited about uh the senators again like i won't even talk about any other pick it's that one pick it's time to get excited he's going to be on our team next year people are going to be screaming his name in the stands when they finally can be in the stands him and brady kachuk and thomas shabbat are the face of this thing and we're going places baby (laughs) yeah I thought you were memeing for the last little while. I thought you you hadn't said a name. So I was like, is he going to say Ridley (laughs) Gregg? (laughs) No, but I do want to talk about him because the more I looked into him, I didn't know him right away. If we're going to talk about him for half a second. But I'm excited to have uh, a shit disturber. I'm excited Mm, to have one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Does he have to be um, full on like a Brad Marsha every time? No. But maybe if he's more like the Brennan Gallagher that can pull that back a little bit and uh, shit disturb when it's time to shit disturb, uh, I think that'd be great. It, I mean, it'd be great if he could score like Brad Marchand, but yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. like his offensive upside. Uh, I like his compete. I like what he's able to do. As you said, he is a shit disturber. He likes getting in the, the gritty areas and starting stuff and... I love that because it's entertaining and uh, I yep. feel like, you know, he'll go go to bat for any player he plays with. So I'm all for a guy like that. And yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Ridley, we know you're listening out there. We love you. We want <laughs> you to succeed. Just keep your tongue firmly behind your teeth. And that's all. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll kind of, uh, if we're going to Ridley, Greg, let's talk about him. I honestly, when they picked him, I was like, what? I didn't even have him on my radar for players that, uh, that would be taken in the first round. So I looked into him quite a bit and, and every drafting report I could read on him said he has a very high compete level. He makes an impact in every zone. <laughs> He's a 200 foot player, amazing speed. He always frustrates his opponents, which I love. Um, he was the Brandon Wheat's ki- Wheat Kings uh, number one center at only 17 years old. Like that's, that's pretty great. And um, more of a passer is what I read, but he still has a great shot and he does use his shot a lot, even if like, yes, I know 26 goals is a lot, but uh, apparently his shot could be even better. He shoots a lot, but it could actually, he could score a lot more. So I'm interested to see how his next season goes uh, with Brandon, because if he's just getting a lot of shots and not a lot of goals, well, I wonder if he refines his shooting and tries to get more high danger shots, if that'll increase his scoring and he'll end up with, you know, 40 plus goals in the WHL. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, and uh, lastly, I, you guys were just saying how he like kind of looks like a middle six center. I've read he has like second line potential, uh, really as like his ceiling. But uh, yeah, it compares out to be kind of like Marshan, and and I've also read from last word on sports that they kind of compare his play style to uh, a Braden Shen. So um, now I know Braden Shen is a very good player, but even if yeah. he 
becomes three it's quarters of the player Shen is, yeah, that would be quite yeah. nice to have on the ice there. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be really okay with that if he did end up being similar to Braden Shen. Um, I like his play style, and he's he's a good player to to have on a team like ours. So, well, with that, we'll move on to the first pick of the second round, and the Sens are getting a lot of calls on this pick, and um, at first, I think people were a little surprised that we took Robbie Yarventi. Uh, but after doing research on him, he honestly looks like a pretty solid pick. And yeah, maybe it's like a lot of fans were, were sleeping on, on uh, Robbie Yarventi, but he is a pure goal scorer, and the Sens need a pure goal scorer. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and again, reading some stuff, it looks like he really didn't become a bona fide taken first round kind of player because of his defensive issues, kind of like Noel Gundler. Um, honestly, I, I would have loved the centers to take a, a gamble and take in Noel Gundler, uh, but I think if we're going to get his Finnish equivalent in Roby Arventi, then I'm cool with it. Um, so far, he played in uh, the second tier um, uh, Finnish league last year, and he had 38 points in 36 games and now he's in the league of this season and he already has a goal and assist in two games so he's off to a great start there um excellent skater and pure sniper and uh last word on sports had him kind of comparable play style to phil kessel and the hockey writers were saying that uh uh he could be a, a real uh some risk but high reward player and um lastly i'll just add that Finnish scout actually uh yoka nevelainen um, said that he has the ability to become a top six winger who can score 30 goals a season. So if if he can meet that expectation, then that's a hell of a pick from the Senators in the second round. Yeah. And, you know, after all the all the picks that we had in the first and with all the picks we had in the second, I know people were clamoring for the Sens to take swings on a couple of these guys. I feel like that's what they did here. So that's uh, that's cool. Yeah, I I think uh, Yarventi could end up being a, like a really good a secondary scorer for us. Uh, a, uh, he's apparently an excellent skater uh, and he plays like a, a big game as well. Um, and everything about that is is something to be excited about. Um, with that being said, I mean, were there players left on the board there that I would have preferred? Absolutely. But um, this pick did feel sort of like go with your gut sort of swing for it type type pick sort of like Shane Pinto last year and uh if he if Yarventi has the same success that he did uh or that that Pinto did maybe at the World Juniors or this year in uh Liga um I'm I'm really all for it yeah uh, I agree he's yeah I don't know he seems like a very promising player uh, like you said maybe wouldn't have picked him where he was picked, but who knows? We could be completely wrong, and I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah, it's well, they, um, most, they mostly haven't led us wrong lately, so it's good to be able to trust who uh, is making these picks. I think we can trust almost everyone in our organization, at least to make picks like that, besides the guy up top. I mean, yeah. screw him. But everyone <laughs> actually <laughs> making the picks and making the team, it feels, I mean, they've been pulling stuff out and uh like like you guys said like pinto and stuff like i didn't expect him to turn into the player he is turning into so it's 
it's time to trust who uh, we have there and trust the senators to make the right decisions as they have been. So why not this year? Why not trust them and see what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll move on to the next second round pick. And they actually traded up to get uh, this player and it's Tyler Clevin. And uh, he had two goals, 10 assists in the U S development program, and then had two more assists in the U S hockey league last season. Um, so his skating has really been his biggest criticism. Uh, but other scouts have said that skating is fine and he can probably make improvements to that. So it's not the biggest worry. Um, he's really been described as a, a huge shutdown defense and good gap control and strong work ethic and has apparently a hell of a slap shot, but doesn't use it enough. So mm. um, not a guy who's going to be a big point producer at the next level. Uh, I think his ceiling has been compared to, to like a three, four slot on a roster and uh, a few different drafting Sites have, have compared him to either Eric Chernak or Brandon Carlo or Mark Mathot, which Mark Mathot we all know and love in this in this city here. But uh, the, the, I don't know. Trading up to get Clevin, to me, he was predicted to go in the second or third round. Um, I just think the Senators took a really safe pick because he's Sanderson's roommate and he goes he's committed to UND. And uh, I don't know. Like, it's it, it, like I'm not against him. Like he'll, I'm sure he'll be a solid defensive piece, but I feel like the centers need to take a swing at some of those high octane, risky forwards, especially right wing forwards at this point in the draft when there were so many good ones, or at least projected to be quite good ones, have high ceilings. At this point in the draft, uh, they they played it safe because Clevin's another one of those guys who's predicted as making it to the NHL pretty safely. Uh, it, it just to me screams just. I don't know, going going off favoritism because he's going to UND and he's buddies with Jake Sanderson. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's just... I think uh, Bennett sort of pointed it out initially, saying, um, is it getting a little obvious that the Sens are just consistently drafting from UND? Uh because it, that's that's really what it's looking like, and um, like is the 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 joke is is like are they trying to save on on like trouble costs because now they have four players going to UND next year, or the, uh, that are playing at U playing at UND, um, like. I don't like that they traded up for Tyler Clevin. I feel like they could have picked him with the Sokolov pick, and we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, or they could have taken him with the pick that they traded to the Maple Leafs. Um, it, I He's a big defenseman. Uh, I've read differing accounts on his skating. I've read that he's a shutdown D. That's all great. Uh, so starts my like uh of this draft yeah. uh simply because the one thing that uh we also recognized that Ottawa needed was right wing depth and there were plenty of right wings on the board especially with this Clevin pick uh that that need was not d addressed at all um and they stocked the cupboards a little bit on on big players but from what i'm looking through uh is that left wing left wing left wing 
center, where the F <laughs> is this right wing that we need? Like, like Batherson is like the one right winger in our organization that like, well, now Abramov uh, is, you know, still in it, but like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I, I don't get it. Like, I, I, this isn't to rag on Tyler Clevin. Uh, apparently, he's been really good at practices for UND, and uh, he's really setting the tone there with Sanderson, which is awesome. Like, if we get like th- this, that this defenseman turns into like a top four defenseman for us, fantastic. But holy crap, did we not recognize a need and make many home run swing? Like, like Bennett said. You know, this was one time that something probably should have been done and it wasn't, so. <sighs> yeah. yeah. I think you, you referenced the joke that I made in our group chat, and I say joke in quotation marks in that, that kind of thing that you say hoping it's a joke, but also kind of expecting it might not be. Uh, regarding, uh, you know, one could easily walk away from this draft, and with the exception of the fir- of, like, our picks in the top five, which, like, anybody with access to YouTube could, like, kind of scout those guys. Yeah. Um, I think it seems kind of... It seems a little obvious that, like, the Sens have, like, a scout in Finland, Miko Rutu, who we know who he is, Director of European Scouting, and they have a guy somewhere in the frozen wasteland of North Dakota uh, <laughs> who's monitoring the U.S. National Development Team program. And their mayor is um, a former and... editor as well. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you've got uh I Conspiracy. I was hearing that I was hearing that Trent Mann, who is our uh chief scout, uh based out of the Maritimes. And so that explains, you know, the, and the uh, our pick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you told me the Sens didn't have another scout in the organization, I would literally believe you. Um <laughs> and again, like listen, like to play devil's advocate, there is something to be said for breadth over depth. And I have heard this about the Sens. I'm sorry, for depth over breadth. Yes. That I've heard this about the Sens, that they are a team, they like to, they know, they really know who they like. Like, they get really deep on a few guys, and they're willing to, you know, trade up, trade down, take risks, and just trust their gut on those guys, rather than, you know, constantly trying to have, like, a pretty good knowledge of a whole bunch of guys. And I mean, listen, there are worse places to scout than like the Finnish league and, you know, the U.S. like national development team. Those are great places to find players. Like those are like legitimate pipelines. And if the Sens are plugged into those, that's great. But like you said, listen, in isolation, all of these picks look good. Like you can you can just a one page document, just looking at the profile of all these guys, all of them look really solid. Uh, the only issue is when you start to consider who are some of the other guys that are available around them and could they have served the needs of this team a little better. And I'm not saying definitively yes or no, but I feel like that's that trend yeah. that we were talking about. Like they, they have, they're plugged into a couple places and they know those guys really well and they're willing, they're willing to, you know, put, uh, to put their money on yeah. them and that's great. But I feel like they could have spread the love a little bit, and like you said, take take some swings on those guys because we had the draft capital this year to afford to do so. Not every time can 
a team, let's say they like normal quotation marks, they have, you know, one pick in every round of the draft and that's it. They usually can't afford to go off the board too much. Uh, but the Sens could have. And I feel like they did, but not in a way that people wanted them to. I I will just like sort of say this before Matt has his has his thought. Oh, I guess he did talk about Clevin and I kind of derailed yeah, it. Um, it's okay. Yeah. Go yeah. For it. uh, if you don't want to have more scouts on your staff because you it's cost prohibitive, that is fine. Totally okay. However, invest in analytics and consultants like a guy like one of our former guests will scouch legit all that man does is looks at players for five to ten games watches them and creates analytics that would suggest yes they're going to be a good player and yes they're going to be a bad player sure he might not have the eye test on him in a rink all the time. However, analytics does tell a story that can help drive a decision. It's as simple as, you know, you put the guy on a payroll for a thousand bucks a month or two thousand bucks a month. That's nothing for a professional scout. And all he has to does do is do exactly what he does, but sends it to you. Yeah. Like, like there were so many players that we could have swung for the fence on, like Zion Nybeck, Brandon Coe. If we really wanted a big defenseman, Yoni Yermo was available. Like these are players that aren't just one dimensional, like Clevin, who very well could end up being a top four to shut down defenseman, which would be fantastic. We've always wanted and needed one since Mathot left. But the point still stands. We needed game-breaking offensive potential. We got one player that did that, that I can, like, for sure unequivocally say that, they, like, they directly did that with Tim Stutzla. But otherwise... Who, again, cra craze beat. Like, fantastic <laughs> pick. Amazing pick. The two guys we got at the top of the draft, and for the most part, Ridley Gregg, who will end up being an NHL player, in my opinion, those three guys can make up for the rest of your lacking draft. We And I hate to be this guy because we just drafted him, but Ridley Gregg, I have no issues with him. He seems like an amazing player uh, in terms of just um, what you want as, as a great 3C. Uh, my one my one thing that I'll I'll make about is I was really high on Ozzy Weasblatt and he was taken at 31 by the yeah. Sharks and I think he was one of those really creative right wing players that the Senators could have could have taken instead of a center and I know centers can be transitioned to the wing um, but when you have a guy like Greg who really is like a, a two way player 200 foot yeah. player he is a guy you want to keep at center so it's when we have so much center depth in the organization and a lot of these guys as i think ben had talked about like last week uh there are a lot of them are middle six forwards and 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 greg fits right in that category whereas weasblad has top six upside um it just it seems again like the senators went for safe rather than someone who could potentially be that uh, offensive um, upside player that that we this organization does need. Like yes, we've let in a lot of goals 
a lot of goals over the past few seasons, and we do need a lot of defensive help. But I think there's a difference between getting defensive help and getting defensive help and ignoring another need. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, we'll get into our last second-round pick um, that the centers made, and then from there we'll just kind of briefly run down the other players they took. Um they're, I think, less high-impact players. It's more of project players, yeah. so uh, we won't really add too much on them. Uh, so we took um, Igor Sokolov at the end of the second round. Um, and I should actually add, we traded one of our second-round picks for two-time Stanley Cup winner Matt Murray. And and we gave up uh, Jonathan Gruden as well, prospect who was taken uh, two drafts ago in the fourth round. So... I know, other Matt, you're dying to talk about Matt Murray. I know you're high on yeah. him. So just get to it, my man. Um, I do just like want to talk about Sokolov really quickly. Um, oh, yeah, he's sure. a, a two-year overager. Uh, good friends with Drake Batherson, which is always cool. Uh, and he's really worked on losing weight and like increasing his skating speed, which is awesome. And a lot of the like video that i've seen has been like positive because he is a power forward and he led the league in uh goals for the qmjhl last year so he'll probably inject into the ahl lineup as soon as possible the sens will probably tell him what to do in terms of hockey this year they might sign him and then loan him somewhere but yeah i i don't hate the pick there but uh yeah the the rest of the draft for me was a little uh lackluster um, they picked a couple overagers, and those overagers were kind of just meh when there were better players, home run pick of picks available, and they picked a goalie, which fucking, I, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Especially uh, an an unranked yeah. goalie. Um, and no offense to uh, to Marilinen. Like, I, I mean, Gamer his boy. track record stats-wise seems decent yeah he's he's a gamer there was a lot of um messages posted to the senator's discord and <laughs> and all kinds of stuff about him crapping on Fortnite, and, and it was it was kind of funny <laughs> but uh but we'll avoid that uh the finnish scout actually who i was talking about earlier with uh robbie arventi that that same scout uh he was saying how this goaltender wasn't even expected to be drafted like like to use a third on him is, is just wild to me because there were so many quality players available and they didn't have a fourth because they had traded it. To, so it's like, it just, to me, it was a pick that it didn't seem to have to happen so early, but they did. And then, like you said, there were some overagers and some guys who like, I don't know. It was just, I, I'm going to like, I don't want to just blindly trust the sense scouting. They do have a good track record. So let's just see how things go. Um, I mean, nobody can tell if we're winners or losers of the draft. It, it just happened in the last couple of days. Uh, it'll take a few years before we really see the results of this draft. It just seemed like the senators went for what they were comfortable with rather than players who had more risk, but a lot more reward. Yeah. So I kind of think we can we can probably leave the end of the draft on that unless anybody else wants to to really add anything. I think, uh, I think we probably summed it mind. up. And Alan has some good takes on Matt Murray too. So, uh, yeah. So yes, yeah, so we'll Alan, do you want to start uh, us off on we'll the Matt the Murray trade? Part. But I'm buying a Matt Murray jersey, and he's gonna give us our best shot. Like I didn't think we were gonna make the playoffs next year. But with Matt Murray, but anything's possible. I'm on the hype train already. 
We're gonna win the cup. Oh now. my god! I'm oh on that god. train. Damn. I know. Uh, I'm pumped. Uh, I was so excited to see Matt Murray come, two-time Stanley Cup winner, coming home, coming to Canada. We're gonna we're gonna do some things next year. I think we're gonna shock a lot of teams uh, as a serious thing. Uh, I'm. I'm all for. I think we could uh, sneak into that final playoff spot, especially if the season's going to be compressed. They're talking like maybe only 60 games or all compressed and stuff. Uh, If that happens, man, it's anybody's game. And I, I think we're going to have a goalie that's going to be able to steal some games again. So um, are our guys going to be young and make mistakes? A hundred percent. But we might have a goalie that could bail uh, those games out and just steal them. So for what we had to give up uh, makes it even better for me because, in my opinion, we gave up nothing to get um, a chance at winning even more games than we already had a chance at. I'm excited. Uh, I don't know if you can tell. (laughs) I like the Senators, and I am pumped for next year, boys. I genuinely yeah, no, love the optimism. I, I agree. I love it. Like that's why because you know we we just spent like fucking 10 minutes crapping on the sends but uh and they're drafting but you know Alan I know really liked the move. I really liked the move just from like an asset management perspective. We did finally use like a pick to get something back that has value and like that a team was going to be in a bind. So that's great. Um and we, we got a two-time Stanley Cup champ. I know maybe in the past uh, on a podcast uh, previously, I'd said, like, I don't want Matt Murray and I'd rather have Cor- Corpus Allo. And I'd, I still feel that way. However, we have a two-time Stanley Cup champion on our team as a goalie who can now, like, just, like, teach everything he can to all of our younger goalies. Oh my god! And he's twenty six. Twenty six. He's twenty six. Yeah. He's our franchise yeah, goalie yeah. now. That's so cool. Yes. <laughs> as, yeah. long, as long as, as long as he uh, he rebounds and he keeps uh, up uh, his his play that he showed in the past, yeah, I think we have a really solid goalie on our hands. Like you guys said, he's twenty six. Like this guy fits in. He's, I mean, he's even actually on the older side of our core, which is funny, but I think he fits in pretty well with the age group that we have in Ottawa. Matt, Matt your comments are far too calm. It needs to be like, we have Matt Murray, man. <laughs> We're going to win some games. <laughs> well, he's 6'4", and we all know the centers only keep players on the roster that are above uh, 6'2". So, I mean, it you totally makes sense. You shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. Yeah. Sorry, Stutzel, if, you gotta, uh, Stutzel's got to grow at least another couple inches. Otherwise, I don't know, guys. Really if, Eugene, if Eugene Melnick had a Tinder profile, it would say, like, only, like, six foot and above message. Yeah. Only six foot men <laughs> totally and above. Be like, Look at me. <laughs> also, you pay for me on yeah. the first yeah. date. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh I mean, like, uh, um, go ahead, Bennett. Now we have to put an NSFW tag on this Absolutely. episode. Absolutely. Why not? Like, post draft, baby. Season finale. Yeah. Oh, yeah I think it's wild that we got Murray for what we did, which was like comparatively little. I mean, a late second round pick, uh, 52nd off the top of my head. And, um, yeah, 52nd. Yeah, and a prospect which wasn't even in our top ten, like uh, not even cards on the table. Yeah. I'd never heard of this guy. I was like, 
a late second and some dude for Matt Murray. Okay. And confirm yeah, I'll you take did it. say that. Um, Which is you don't wait, you don't you don't know the Raiders head coach, John Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it is weird that we got the trade with that because that must have been the best deal that they were offered. Yeah, yeah and well, I was up, I was about to say it really speaks to how saturated the goalie market was. This well, is, remember that the the fans wanted him gone too though. Like I don't know what happens in Pittsburgh, but they turn on their goalie so fast. Like oh, they yeah. turned on Flurry, <laughs> and then they turned on Matt Murray. It seems like yeah. in Boston where they turned on Rask and stuff too. You know? Oh yeah, and it's kind of funny because I think Ottawa we always want to give our guys second chances. Like for example, and I know near the end of his tenure here, people were kind of kind of running him out of town. I, I noticed more and more soured uh, fans on different social medias. But Craig Anderson, he was a guy that even like if there was, you know, a couple down games or whatever, people like expected and like were supportive of him coming mm-hmm. back and, and, you know, showing that he's not done yet. Um, whereas I find that uh, some markets will just like you were talking about Pittsburgh, Boston, it's like they're, they're goaltenders. And, and to Rask, it wasn't even like, it wasn't even something stupid. It was, it was his daughter, like leaving the bubble for his daughter. So it like blew my mind that everyone turned on him. But anyway, um, or a large chunk, I, I'd say, or at least a vocal chunk of their fan base. So, uh, but anyway, we we get Matt Murray, and I think the Suns will sign him for. I'm hoping for four years. I think that takes him to thirty. We'll see where he's at. We can reevaluate them, and uh, and yeah, I, I'd say him and Hogberg and Nen will be great. And uh, with that, let's let's look at a couple other um, trades or. Well, one more trade that we have left to talk about and uh, a player departing. And that player departing, who wasn't extended at qualifying offer, was Anthony Duclair. And this one's really interesting. Um, I know Other Matt is is heated on this one. Heated. So I can let him jump on that. But uh, yeah, yeah, this one this one was a weird one. So uh, take it away, dude. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so how hard is it to retain player who has never made above what three million dollars a year and that uh, i think duclair's peak was like 1.6 yeah so let's say two how hard is it to retain a player who has made less than two million dollars just scored 23 goals and was the leading scorer on your team and goals scored. How hard is that? Then you let him walk and you trade for a guy who's a washed up defenseman who's making four million dollars. Hey. hey. Whoa, 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 dude, we haven't even gotten there yet. What the hell? <laughs> no, I'm I'm making this all together because there's so much oh, because okay. I okay. like we 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 don't even have like he was he was a guy who could play right wing. Now we lost one of those too. Our right wing depth is atrociously bad. And we just let a guy walk. I mean, yes, there's so much opportunity in free agency where we can throw money at guys, well, theoretical money at guys. But uh, you know, let's just say we we you know sign a couple low-key deals. It doesn't make up for the fact that Duclair was like a ha- like a, a feel-good story for the organization. 
guy who has struggled in other markets comes to Ottawa and finds his fit. And they just let him walk over like seemingly money. And I know in our group chat, we were like, I was discussing reading between the lines and, you know, probably not the best place to put it in podcast form. So it's not pot. Like it's not, there's no point of doing it, but at a point, you just wonder how difficult will it be to retain talent going forward for the senators because they haven't been able to do it in the last three years. They have not. So yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's a joke and like it, the, everything was so good and then it just fell. So, so, from my understanding, Duclair wanted to represent himself, and he wanted more money. So the senator said that they offered him, in quotations, a substantial raise or a substantial amount, um, and that he didn't take it. And I guess he wanted to go, like, they, if he got the qualifier offer, and then they go to, like, um, what was it, arbitration. And then he'd get, like, I think a minimum, because he would get, I don't know, I, I was reading that he'd get a minimum of, like, 4.5 mil. And the organization didn't necessarily think he was worth that much. I don't so think it what... was a it was a minimum. It was like if he gets up until anything up to four point five million, and the team has to take it. Right, and right, right. If it yeah. if he crosses that threshold, then the team can opt to walk away. Right. Yes. And I think they didn't want to offer him four point five mil. Um, I personally think they were offering him three to three and a half. It's just my guess. I I have no idea. That's just a total guess. Um. Uh, I don't know. To me, it seems it seems really weird. Uh, I don't know. Like he's he's a guy. Yes, he was very streaky at the end of the season, but he still scored over twenty goals for the team. And I think it was more to him adjusting to playing a two hundred foot game rather than him actually being a streaky player. Because he played great, even the games where he wasn't scoring. Look at the chances he got on net. He you, he literally couldn't buy a goal. He had some amazing chances, and sometimes he just got robbed, like absolutely robbed. Well. Speaking on that, here's this. Uh, if everyone is talking about the season starting in January, how many goals did he have in January last year? Yeah, but I, I think that... No, doesn't... that's what's happening. No, no goals in January. <laughs> that's when the season is. He's gone. Oh, my God. All right. That's that. That's Alan's hot take for, yeah. the, for the episode. He gone. He gone. Cold but anyway, Cold honestly... um. <laughs> Honestly, though, I, 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 as much as I like Duclair's time here, and he was an electrifying player, and I think it's a little stupid about how this situation's gone down. I don't know if if it's the biggest loss for the team. It is definitely a loss, but I, I don't know if if the guy doesn't want to play for the team, and the team and him are already going to have contract yeah. issues, a la Mike Kaufman. It's just. You know, yeah, maybe it's best. To no, I, th- I think that's fair. Walk away. Yeah. Twenty goals I, uh... is gonna look like chump change in a couple years, boys. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's yeah, gonna dude, be like Timmy... the seventh highest scorer on it. <laughs> Timmy's gonna come out and get us like seventy goals. <laughs> yeah, seventy goals. Seventy, that bud. He's the next. He's gonna make Gretzky look like a chump. <laughs> oh, no. But anyway, but so Matt the... Murray is gonna have more than twenty goals next oh, year, baby. Bud. Oh, gee. <laughs> so I don't know. I think I think we'll go from from the Duclair talk, uh, unless Bennett, you want to add to that because I didn't let you speak. <laughs> Uh, 
not a huge amount to add. I, I agree. I would have liked to keep him around. I think even if, God forbid, you know, arbitration had awarded him, you know, four million for uh, however many, like a couple of years or something. I think the organization should not have balked at that like they did. Yeah. Uh, if that is what happened, I think that, you know, again, we're clearly we're below the cap floor. I We're going to hit it regardless. There's always... You know, there's always contracts to be given out, but it just seems weird that like a guy who put up 20 goals in a terrible team, uh, to not to not give him an offer, um, just seems weird. But equally, like, well, he, he also... they did give him an offer. It's just yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, exactly. Like, I, I, so I mean, like a competitive offer. But then, like, he also opted to represent himself, and like, listen, like, I'm gonna say there's at least some weird stuff going on on both sides because like if he had wanted to if he had wanted to prioritize signing with the Sens and getting a good contract he would not have represented himself or yeah. I, no, I don't I think anyone saying. I don't think anybody would have advised him to do so yeah. that's kind of not really how you get it that's <laughs> that's like a way of demonstrating that you're not taking the negotiations you're entering into seriously mm-hmm. hey Drew Doughty uh, got his $88 million deal by himself. Yes, but also Drew Doughty's a proven veteran. He's not a guy who's bounced around several teams. I know, I'm just saying, but to be representing yourself, if you feel that's best, then that's best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and which sure. It's usually not, but if you truly feel that way, then... Well, and then you look at a guy like Matt Murray, who literally said he doesn't even know. He's like, he's like, my agent will tell me if he, if, uh, like what a deal contract yeah. that he think. Yeah, yeah. Like he basically said, I'm letting my agent do everything. He doesn't even care. Yeah. He's just like, agent, go, let me know what happens. And I think that's yeah. wild. I'm like, holy shit. He just wants to play for the team. He wants to get the best deal for himself. But I think he's just kind of happy as long as it's a certain term and around a certain dollar amount. I think he's, he's good to go. Um, I heard him on TSN 1200 saying that he, he, is already well he's ready as soon as the contract lands he said he'll start house shopping in ottawa and he's happy to be in a market that uh is more media heavy which is interesting he actually wants to to be in a more scrutinized hockey market and i actually love that uh yeah the fact that he wants to be in a pressure market is really cool yeah he says that now and i made this joke (laughs) in the group chat that like you know american players talk a lot of game about wanting wait okay sorry um I mean, I mean, I mean, players coming from American markets, players who are coming from American markets and then yeah. coming to Canadian markets, yeah. talk a lot of game about wanting the pressure and like the scrutiny and stuff until they're getting yelled at in grocery stores <laughs> by people who are holding up like their power play percentages and be like, eh. it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that I don't believe him. I do. But, you know. You know, the the experience of Bobby Ryan comes to mind, mm-hmm. uh, writing in the Players Tribune about like literally people giving him shit in grocery yeah. stores. Yeah. It's like that's not something you necessarily get in like you know L.A. or New York <laughs> or Pittsburgh. Yeah. Hey, if he doesn't score that. a goal this year, I'm gonna find him and yell at him in a grocery store. <laughs> I respect we that. Just, <laughs> you just need to get him one of those empty net goals, and we're good to yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, empty net for Al- sure. Alan won't. Alan will uh, keep the dogs restrained yeah. when he yeah. sees Matt Murray. <laughs> um yeah and finally we'll talk about uh the trade that just came down um not too long ago today actually um as, at the time of us recording but uh good branson from anaheim to ottawa and ottawa gives up the fifth round selection that they got from edmonton when they traded tyler ennis there um so i mean i'm not really sure why the senators felt the need to go and acquire another right-hand defenseman i'm looking at cap friendly right now 
and that leaves us with Nikita Zaitsev, Erica Branson, Josh Brown, and Artem Zub on the right side. And and to me, it's like, well, well what the, what the hell? Like, and and possibly like, Brandstrom, who says he prefers well, to play yeah. on that side. But I think the, um, we're hearing Dorian talk the other day. It seemed like he was going to put Branstrom on the left side. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, okay. they, the organization <laughs> clearly wants him on the left. Yeah. So, um, to me, it's just it's weird. Like, why are we acquiring another right-hand defenseman who's going to be maybe like just a healthy scratch? Like, like what's happening oh, with boy. RDM Zub? Let me lay it on you. Let me lay it on no, you. No, I'm not talking about necessarily good Branson being the healthy scratch. I'm talking about one of our right-hand defensemen who I thought would be in the oh, lineup this year okay. is going to be a gotcha. scratch. But so, still. Whether it's Josh Brown, whether it's Artyom Zub, whether it's Eric Branson, Nikita Zaitsev, they're probably going to just keep in there because if they start benching a guy with his term and contract, it'll look really bad. <laughs> so, uh, But anyway, it's just, to me, it seems weird. Like I, I thought Artyom Zub was getting top four minutes this year, and now it's like he might be scratched or starting in the minors like i don't know like what the heck <laughs> and and like i'm okay with them acquiring contract like his contract is four million cap hit this year he's only being paid three million real dollars um why would they just not acquire a forward like for example louis erickson that fills a forward spot that they're obviously losing with duclair going sabarin going who else i don't know there's a few players we're losing right but but it's like you get a forward like louis erickson Instead of giving up an asset, I know it's a fifth round pick for next year, but instead of giving up an asset, you'll probably get assets back. And then you have that contract on your books and it doesn't take away a slaughter. It's not an unnecessary position. Like, I don't know. It's just, it was confusing to me to, to open up a notification to see that the Sens had traded for good brands. And I was like, what? So anyway, okay. that's, that's my but two cents. My two cents then is... He's our only defenseman that has over 300 games. Like the next highest guy is Zaitsev, who only has like what 280, 281, 282. So he brings the like an actual veteran presence to all these young guys. Look how good Fanuf did uh, with those young guys. We bring a guy that has some experience, a lot of games played. He's been there, done that. His family is huge in the community. He is going to be like the next. He's not going to be the fighter like Boro was, but I believe he's going to be the community guy like Boro was, which Ottawa people love. I love it. Like, I think it was a good move to bring someone like this in. Is it a little weird that it was a defenseman and it just makes the log jam even more on the right-hand side? Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. But it was, I think, a smooth move bringing a, a, a guy that's close to home again, and people are going to love this guy, I think. Unless yeah, he screws I'm, up in game one and then he's out. <laughs> I'm uh I'm sort of with Alan on this one, honestly. I, I definitely do not hate this move. I think that our defensive core is very we have a lot of names on paper, but most of which are unproven, with the exception of like Shabbat and Zaitsev and like maybe guys like Wolanin who have kind of been in and around the lined up before. Um I think there's still a lot of question marks over a lot of our current defenders. Uh, not saying, I mean, I agree, I probably would have preferred to air them out and settle those question marks and say, okay, who, what do we actually have in some of these guys? But that being said, then it's helpful to have a guy like Branson who, if we put Zub on for three games and he's like a minus 20, it's like, all right, put in the guy who's at least not going to lose his games, you know? Okay, I uh, hope, and... by the way, that we don't have a minus 20 player through three games on this roster. I'd be very concerned. <laughs> I would also be concerned. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think uh, 
Yeah. Well, I think we will find forwards to put in jerseys and to pay money to. Um, and I think that having a little bit more experience on a blue line is not terrible. Well, other Matt, what do you want to add? You're muted, bro. Final thoughts. My only Here issue is. with it is that uh, it just kind of pushes out other young defensemen. But otherwise, yes, it is a veteran D that you know we don't really have. So I'll try to be optimistic on it, but I would have rather seen them like bring in an overpaid defenseman. Or sorry, <laughs> uh, for Hey, but he's Ottawa TM, and he had one vote for the Lady Bing Trophy last Thanks. season. Oh, one he's vote, also guys. outspoken yeah. on uh, the Black, Li- Black Lives Matter movement, so that's pretty dope. Yeah, Matt, how many votes did you get? How many votes did you get, other Matt? Huh? The Lady <laughs> Bing? Three. Yeah, the, yeah. That's what, that, oh, three, yeah. I'd like to see that uh, proven, bud. I got at least one from my mom. Yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, I guess we'll we'll wrap up this episode. Uh, it's pretty rapid fire about the draft, but I, I think that a lot's been said, and and we just wanted to give our opinions. But uh, opinions are like assholes; everyone's got one, right? So uh, <laughs> I think we'll finish up the episode on that note. So thank you so much to everybody who's listened. Uh, catch us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the usual spots, and. Uh, Google Play, Spotify, and uh, iTunes at uh, the Centennial. So thank you so much. And tomorrow, free agency begins, and we're gonna we're gonna start uh, from there. Hopefully, we'll see what the Senators do. So thanks so much for listening, everybody, and see you. Bye. That's a wrap on season one. That's season one over, boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, I'd like to finish season one with. Corey Perry in his prime. Oh, no. <laughs> Unreal. Oh, no. <laughs>